0: Hello, and welcome to Bottom of the Barrel, the podcast where we discuss the latest oil and gas news, major upstream trends, and delve into upstream insight and analysis. I'm your host and the editor of Oil & Gas Middle East, Carla Certain. Today, we're talking about the energy transition, one of the biggest topics in the industry right now. Joining me is Dr. Shahab el burai a partner with Strategy and the co-lead to its cross-industry platform on sustainability in the Middle East. He works with major energy players across the MENA region with a focus on redesigning strategy, policies, governance structures, and regulatory frameworks to help navigate the shift towards renewables. Thank you so much for joining me today, Shehab.
1: Thank you, Carla. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: When we talk about the energy transition, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, how are oil and gas companies going to participate?
1: I think the key thing, uh, Carla, is we have to realize that this uh, transition is happening and the landscape is changing and and what is required here is a mindset change a mindset change from regarding sustainability as a as a penalty or a cost to a project into regarding sustainability and the shift as an opportunity and it presents uh, significant opportunities to uh, oil and gas companies to develop new business models and uh, grow revenues in new areas take for example Uh, The oil and gas industry uh, has the uh, infrastructure and capabilities to play a a role in uh, pushing green hydrogen and blue hydrogen, right? So whether it is in terms of uh, producing this new energy vector, storing it, transporting it via pipelines or ships, Mm -hmm. uh, converting it to uh, ammonia, converting it from ammonia to something else, these are all... Activities that the industry knows how to do very well. So, you have a, a, a transition. At one end of the, tran- the transition, people are using conventional oil and gas. And, you know, uh, conventional oil and gas is not per se, you know, a bad thing. We have to realize that we are where we are today as a state of development and affluence in the world because we've unlocked, uh, you know, the energy that ah. hydrocarbons uh, have and without this state of advancement that we are in, uh, we've reached today we could not produce the solar panels and the and and the wind turbines and the batteries yeah. uh, that we need to achieve the energy transition we have conventionals on one side of the journey and clearly the industry has a role to play there to minimize the uh, carbon footprint of of ongoing conventional activity through uh, r- reducing carbon emissions you know, removing carbon, uh, carbon capture, et cetera. On the other end, we have the uh, green uh, global energy system. And in the middle, you have a transition from that to that. And somebody has to come in and provide, you know, users of energy with the right combination of gray, blue, and green energy at the right cost. Yeah. And and, and that's the industry.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, right? There is some sort of perception. Oil and gas, bad. Renewables, good. Separate the two. When in sure. fact, like you're saying, the expertise of the oil and gas industry and its suppliers and its contractors in order to shift towards renewables. So they're sort of inextricably linked, in my opinion, I think. um, And, you know, as you're saying, if we're going to transition, we do need that expertise. When we're looking at, you know, how do we make this transition? How do companies succeed in You know, having a cleaner energy mix from their own production side and from the national level as well, you know, having a cleaner energy mix. What are the strategies that can help them successfully navigate this transition period?
1: It's a transition. So at every point in time in the transition, you have to achieve the right balance between economic considerations and uh, environmental considerations. And then move at the um, at the right pace that you know maximizes economic utility at at a company level or a national level or whatever level, right? Do what's optimal, uh, so that you reach you know your 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 destination, and the destination has already been set or mandated by a global consensus to achieve certain targets by certain dates. If we look at this. This endpoint and this target date, so you know, achieving net zero uh, by uh, twenty forty or twenty thirty or twenty fifty uh, depends on the country. If you add all that up together and figure out where you know what we need to do, it, it has to be all of the above. Uh, really, we, we cannot afford to exclude, you know, certain things without a rationale. So we need the industry, we need the the investment uh, that the world has put into building a global energy system for uh, moving uh, hydrocarbons around the world is, 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 is a huge thing. And the capabilities that have been uh, developed over decades are, are also significant. And they can play a role in the, um, in the energy transition in accelerating it. Again, if the problem is considered uh, rationally and in, a, in, a, in an economic mm-hmm. manner.
0: Because you are tapping on the economic side, the financial side, obviously, oil and gas in this region is a little bit different from you know when we're looking at oil majors, we're looking at BP or Shell, um, in that these national oil companies are the stewards of the economy at the sure. moment. When we're talking about making sure we're keeping these you know, economic factors in mind, how can we safeguard the economy while also continuing to focus on pushing towards a cleaner energy mix?
1: So, Carla, I think it's the same thing again. Uh, intrinsically, what is needed is a a shift in mindset, w-
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: already beginning, right? but it needs to go and and be accelerated into completion. And it's looking at the sustainability trend for the region as an opportunity rather than a threat. Let's detach a bit and look into the industries of the future and remember that the region is has an advantage in having abundant uh, renewable resources that are very cheap compared to other places in yeah. the world. We have now electricity from renewables at one cent per kilowatt hour almost. Yeah, That's a huge advantage. And to my mind, it's a great equalizer for the region to enter into uh, industrialization and producing commodities that otherwise you would be at a severe disadvantage to, to produce. So if we're thinking about steel or aluminum, some other established industries, you know, heavy industries, yeah, it doesn't make sense today economically for the region to compete against plants that have, are operating in other parts like China or elsewhere. If it is a new field and rather than producing conventional steel, you're producing green steel. Everybody's starting now, so nobody has an, an an advantage of being in the industry for a while and appreciation and it's it, it's pretty much automated so it's 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 capex intensive and you have access to capital in in, in the region cheaper than many other places yeah. in the world as well and you need renewable energy if the industry is is energy intensive like aluminum or steel or so on uh, then you need a lot of it and it becomes an an advantage so in addition to uh, producing the green hydrogen or the green ammonia or the renewable energy, and then you know exporting it as an energy vector somewhere else mm-hmm. for the industry to happen there, which is costly yeah you produce it here cheap, and you do the um, industrial conversion into a commodity, a product, and you don't bother about uh, transporting hydrogen or ammonia, yeah. you transport
0: steel interesting, yeah, so that kind of shifts away from being energy producers to actually using that internally to fuel a different industry and to be able to export different products. So it's 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 an as opportunity. a potential. Yeah. That's it's an opportunity. Definitely. Cause I think you're right. I mean, there's definitely, and we discussed this before coming into the studio, you know, there has been a shift in mindset in the past several years. Definitely. I keep seeing headlines about hydrogen. I keep seeing headlines about renewables. Things are definitely changing. But you're right, it's how do we take that the step further? So we're not just looking at, okay, we need to implement some sort of renewable plan. And how do we actually make that work for us? on a broader economic level. I think that's very interesting. So obviously that's one of the opportunities, but I mean, what are some of the big challenges that you see when we're looking at the wider energy transition for oil and gas companies in the region?
1: For uh, oil and gas companies, it is, I mean, the main one, we've touched upon it already, which is you know the shift in mindset, but let's assume that's done. Yeah. There are still st- challenges uh, outside of that. One of them is a perception of the industry. The industry is not evil. It's, uh, you know, (laughs) the industry just needs to communicate, I believe, uh, better what it intends to do uh, and and how it can be part of the solution. And the good thing is being part of the solution creates opportunities for profit and benefit. So it's it's, it's not a dichotomy between economic benefit and environmental benefit. I think that this is this is where we you know we need to step away from this kind of dual thinking, and it's 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 one thing,
0: yeah, and it's like you said, it's about finding the opportunities that lie in between those two points, which are not on the opposite ends of a spectrum. yeah, they can work together. You did also mention even on an, a global level, we do have targets, we do have sort of a framework. You know, the energy transition, what targets we need to hit by a certain date. Looking at the regional level and maybe even country level, you know, how do state policies fit into the energy transition and how do they inform change uh, at the company level?
1: So, in the region, I think there have been initial moves, right? So, national renewable energy programs, announcement about hydrogen, and so on. But I think fundamentally, there needs to be a step back and a, a, a reassessment of the national development agenda industrialization agenda development agenda with a sustainability lens put in the right way taking into account this uh, you know global trajectory and and you know the train has left the station already on mm-hmm. on this there's no you know there's no doubting that so taking that into consideration how do you develop your um national plans to take the most advantage out of that. Now we've touched a little bit about industrialization, but imagine other opportunities that you have, for example, in uh, logistics and uh, transportation. If the region has access to cheap renewable resources, low carbon or zero carbon uh, energy, it can be a zero carbon, low carbon uh, logistics hub. Mm-hmm. for the world if we l- use the fact that we have cheap renewable energy and you know think a little bit about mobility and urban life differently uh, look at opportunities for uh, zero waste so also recycling and you know the circular economy our cities can become uh, sustainable uh, places to live and work and attractive to all sorts of economic activity, so there are many, many opportunities mm-hmm. and 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 I think having a um, a reexamination of the social and economic development agenda at a national level from a sustainability angle is overdue. The um, other thing that we need is a a systematic way of looking at sustainability and bringing sustainability into uh, re- return. Uh, you know, calculations. So how do we quantify our trade-offs and the benefits uh, and arrive at the uh, more solutions given where we need to head? So I think all of these things need to come uh, together to provide uh, data-driven, uh, rational policymaking.
0: I think there's a lot in there about the opportunities, about the potential, about where we need to go. Where are we now as a region on the scale of moving towards hitting our energy transition goals?
1: We've taken major steps. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think there's no there's no denying that. We uh, see that I think most clearly in the uh, renewable energy tenders that we've seen in the region, right? And you know, breaking world record after world record in in in, in renewable electricity prices we're we're pretty much you know near the 1 cent per kilowatt hour threshold now which was unimaginable you know only a few years ago so we have that we've also seen you know announcements around uh, hydrogen and actions actually around hydrogen so we've seen neom with a huge mega project uh, announced in saudi arabia we've seen abu dhabi and adnoc and uh, you know uh, many stakeholders in abu dhabi actually come together and form a, a hydrogen council for abu dhabi with 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 plans to proceed there, uh, we've seen pilot projects uh, on hydrogen in Dubai. We've seen Saudi Aramco ship, shipping uh, blue hydrogen to uh, to Japan. There are actions on many many fronts. I think what is lacking right now is the um, is the overarching uh, vision or direction that all of these uh, together. I don't think that has fully taken shape yet. There has been an announcement uh, of the circular carbon economy mm-hmm. uh, framework at the G20 uh, summit recently in, in, in Riyadh that uh, has a lot of promise in bringing all of that together into a coherent policy framework, right? So, you know, once you take that with, you know, sort of let's look at carbon and how can we make carbon circular, how can we reduce carbon emissions, reuse, recycle, and remove carbon. Mm -hmm. That brings into together everything that you need to do in terms of renewables and hydrogen and carbon capture and utilization. It brings in solar and wind uh, along with gas, oil and gas, but with carbon capture, all into kind of one overarching framework. And then once you start from that and cascade it down, you'll have uh, coherent action. Mm -hmm. But I I think, it's okay to, to start with the, uh, with the initiatives that we've described uh, rather than yeah. waiting for everything to of be course. perfect because, you know, that's part of being action biased. You know, one approach to, is to wait until you've formulated everything and everything is perfect and <laughs> you know exactly where you're going. And the other thing is, well, you know, just try things while you're formulating your yeah. uh, direction. Just take initial steps, learn. And I think that's what we've seen already.
0: The way I would put it is we have these siloed, attempt to, you know, use renewables and to use these new energy and to try and leverage that in the best way possible. But it hasn't come together in that not one holistic sense. That's the yeah, that's definitely very interesting. And it's something we're seeing on the digital front as well. So it's interesting to apply that same mindset, which, you know, people have been trying so hard to do on the digital front now do that with uh, renewables as well. Thank you so much for joining me in this fascinating discussion. shehab have, uh, it was really great to have you here to talk about the energy transition. To our listeners, make sure to visit our website and follow us on social media for more content like this and tune into the next episode of Bottom of the Barrel for more industry insight.